Welcome to the Lopes Insider Podcast, presented by Commonwealth Insurance, the way insurance should be. Giving you an exclusive look into Grand Canyon University Athletics with news, special guests, memorable flashbacks, and more. It's the Lopes Insider Podcast. On this episode, we talk to one of the Lopes' longest tenured staffers and director of sports medicine, Jordy Hackett, and a key member of vaulting the men's volleyball team to a number 11 national ranking. Sophomore outside hitter Christian Janke joins the podcast. All this and more on episode 13 of the Lopes Insider Podcast. Lucky number 13 here on the Lopes Insider Podcast. Good to be back with you for another week. Let's dive right into it with news and notes. All right, the sport of golf has been one thing consistently continuing through this pandemic. A couple of cool GCU-related golf stories on both the men's and the women's side this past week. Yeah, starting on the women's side, Lopes standout Siri Pachana qualified for the U.S. Women's Amateur just a year after Alexis Lynam also represented GCU in that prestigious tournament. Uh, she was in Maryland. She missed the cut after shooting 11 over par through two rounds and having an off day because of the hurricane. But to be invited to a, an elite 132 player event was a big honor and then Jake Channon a recent grad took home hardware he won the Arizona amateur for the second time in three years and Paul what's the latest with uh, the continuing basketball practices well they got all the guys out there now uh, really starting to do a lot more uh, with still being careful all things considered not just because of uh, the pandemic but also because guys have been down uh, without basketball for such a long time they want to be careful with not without having guys get hurt, but uh, Bryce Drew and his staff are getting a chance to put in some of their transition offense and doing some 5-0 and and really get into some good skill work. But more than anything, they're just g- getting to know each other, and there's been a really good spirit about those practices and a lot of fun. Well, that's good to hear. Can't wait to see those guys uh, on the floor in earnest. That's a wrap on news and notes. You can always keep up with the latest Lopes news on gculopes.com or the GCU Lopes app. Trivia time. We talked to men's volleyball standout Christian Janke in a few minutes here. Paul, where did the Lopes men's volleyball team finish this year's MPSF standings? Of course, that had an abrupt ending to the season. It would have been nice to see the yeah. year play out, especially with how he was doing and Camden Gianni. But the Lopes had some momentum rolling. Oh, a little bit of a teaser there. That answer, though, is coming at the end of the show. Now, let's bring on the guests. Jordy Hackett came to GCU in 2005, joining softball coach Ann Pearson as the longest tenured staff members in the athletic department. He now oversees GCU's sports medicine department and serves as the athletic trainer for the men's basketball team. With a first-hand viewpoint of the university's growth, Jordy joins Paul Coro on the Lopes Insider Podcast. We're now joined on the Lopes Insider Podcast by Jordy Hackett, who is the Director of Sports Medicine for GCU Athletics. Uh, He's been overseeing that program for five years after 10 years as the head athletic trainer for GCU. And he also, his job encompasses taking care of medical coverage for the men's basketball team. And he came to GCU in Arizona via growing up in uh, Springfield, Massachusetts, the home of the Naismith Basketball Memorial Hall of Fame. What's it like growing up in the shadows of that? Well, it was kind of neat. You know, not only did I get into uh, the profession uh, due to a basketball-related injury 
from a dunk, uh, mind you, but I did go to uh, Springfield College to to learn more about uh, the rehabilitation of sports-related injuries and uh, being within a university that founded basketball. I just think it's kind of unique to my uh, my current situation. You wanted to be sure to get that dunk mentioned in there that you you did once throw it down. Yeah, it was a putback. Uh, it wasn't pretty, but uh, people remind me that it did go in. Wow, putback's even more impressive. <laughs> Nothing like Keontae, Paul. <laughs> uh, but you uh, but you played college soccer, correct, at Springfield? Yeah, no, that was my sport, and I focused on that for about three years. And um, just like any other player, when, when they get to a certain point in their career and they know uh, when to lace them up or tie them up, uh, that's what I did. I, I hung them up and uh, focused more on my education around athletic training major and a minor in psychology. So what, uh, I mean, is was this the kind of job that you envisioned getting into the field for, what you're doing at GCU? 100%. Uh, when I was a junior in high school and I was looking for, for a kind of a purpose, um, both my parents worked at a, a private high school in Connecticut and they were around the um, the coaching, the teaching aspects of a boarding day school. And I knew I wanted to be around athletics and, and being a um, year-round athlete, I knew I wanted to be in athletics to some capacity. And that injury made me realize that I wanted to work with uh, athletes specifically. And my guidance counselor, when I was looking at physical therapy, was like, Jordan, do you realize there's a profession called athletic training and they work on sports-specific injury? And I'm like, that's what I want to do. And um, that summer, you know, I, I go out and I try to find, you know, six of the top athletic training programs in New England and, and declared early. Wow. And, and what you do must be so great in the medical profession, because most people don't get to be in that field, but have the relationships that you do with a, a cycle of athletes four years at a time and coaching staffs. Is that what makes your field a little bit more special? I mean, it gives me goosebumps just talking about it. Uh, to be able to give back to athletes trying to uh, reach their goals was much like myself, you know, getting injured, not thinking you're going to be able to make, make it back. You miss a season, you come back for the next season, and you just you can't realize how much of a blessing it is to have those people helping you out physically and mentally to get you back to a high level of performance. And then um, kind of later on, I started to develop my own kind of philosophies uh, of being aggressive and, and getting athletes back as quickly and safely as possible is kind of my MO. Um, you know, if it's if it's been an ACL tear or an Achilles tendon rupture, uh, ankle reconstruction, a broken foot, you know, I kind of thrive on trying to expedite wound healing in every way I know how. And getting those athletes back out on the court dunking, um, able to participate, able to to help their teammates do what they want to do. Um, so you got your individual goals and your team goals. I mean, that's that's the icing on the cake for me. Yeah, because outwardly, there's always the conservative estimates that you have to give the public and maybe the coaches. But internally, it's really a challenge to, to trim that time and maximize their uh, competitive time, right? Yeah, and we're surrounded by great doctors in the Valley that also are aware of uh, the purpose of the athlete, their goals, expectations. Um, they're young. They heal fast. Um, so you know, if you go into surgery strong, you have a good surgeon, and then you have a good rehab, you usually have a, a pretty good success rate. 
Speaking of doctors, uh, GCU's team doctor, Kareem Charway, and you have been in a very critical role right now amid COVID and the pandemic and working athletes back into campus life. How much of a challenge and responsibility has that felt like? So, yeah, the, the COVID life, um, there is no norm now. Uh, COVID has converted into almost a, another full-time job for us. You know, developing these policies, being at the forefront of policy design um, for not only athletics who, you know, came back on the campus early and pushing the envelope in preparation for a whole entire university. So, you know, some of the guidelines that we put into place for athletics are now being inherited by the campus. And, um, yeah, no, it's, it's been a lot of work. Uh, and now that basketball is back, um, luckily enough, some of that COVID policy design um, and follow-up is, is kind of dying down a little bit, but now we're right in the thick of it. So now there's always the follow-up care, the retesting that we're doing. Um, so there's still a lot of organization uh, stuff on the back end that, that keeps it flowing as well. From a medical side, how affirming is it, has it been about GCU to see the investment they've made for not only student-athlete safety, but just GCU safety in, in regard to this? I mean, the support has been astronomical. You know, they really want to be successful um, and they want to keep the, the population uh, healthy. They've pushed the envelope and they've really um, shown their stance on it and they've invested in it. Um, so that's that's been amazing to be able to treat our athletes in campus as if we were a professionally run sports team and or um, city. And speaking of what the campus does for you, you guys have had some expansions in your different areas that you work on campus. What, how would you compare your facilities, especially as you travel the nation uh, with the men's basketball team and see what other places have? Yeah, I mean, I, I took some guidance many years ago from the Phoenix Suns, and I asked our team doctor back then, Dr. Craig Phelps, you know, what do they got that we don't got, you know? Not that I was jealous, but they were on ESPN and they were getting Grant Hill back and there was Steve Nash and Shaq. And I'm saying, what are we missing here? And, and he said, Jordan, they have three things. One, they have an unlimited budget. Two, they have phenomenal facilities. And three, they, they have a larger staff than you. And now I can ultimately say, well, we have a better facility. Um, we have a larger staff. Um, we might not have a professional budget. But, but we have competitively around the countryside, from what I've seen, state-of-the-art facilities to, to boot. So, um, you know, I would put us up against many other Power 5 schools, medical staffs and facilities um, any day of the week. You know, all of our staff from top down, from associates to, to interns, all have higher educational degrees. And, and to have everybody on that same platform with with master's degrees, with additional certifications, really puts us an advantage to offer a high standard of care, uh, which on the backside of things, you know, really helps with the recruiting. And we've added just this year alone, on, on top of what we already have done, you know, with with injury prevention platforms, uh, Dorsavita name one, manual muscle testing is something we do um, as part of our screening protocol. You know, we just brought back Fusionetics, which you know, we were one of the first universities to utilize that platform after the NBA about seven, eight years ago. So now, you know, we're bringing that back and we're looking at the body again holistically. So we have a wealth of options at our discretion to kind of evaluate the whole body 
and, and then create corrective exercises to every and each individual athlete's imbalances, which is a lot of work up front, but that's kind of my passion is the preventative medicine the versus the reactive uh, side of things. I'd rather put in, you know, 50 hours a week trying to prevent an ACL than 50 hours a week after an ACL trying to get somebody back in a year. You know, it's, it's just that much more um, elegant to kind of break down the human body, find everybody's flaws, and then correct those flaws so that they don't have a catastrophic injury. That's that's the great part. Well, there, right there is where there's no difference between you and NBA guy because that's what Aaron Nelson became famous for with the Suns, and you're doing the, the same thing for GS, GCU about emphasizing those imbalances and being proactive for injuries, and that's probably why you have so much success uh, with your basketball team and how have you liked working with the new coach, uh, Bryce Drew, and his staff so far. Yeah, so, you know, on the Aaron Nelson front, you know, he told me basketball players are like a ratchet. You know, they just you give it the, the muscle or tissue an inch, you know, it's going to take an inch. So you have to be aggressive. You have to get in there and you get the, you got to get the tissue to move. Uh, Bryce Drew has come in here and he's kept our program moving, um, you know, interested in what I'm doing, um, allowing me to do my job. And that kind of motivates me to, to perform at a higher level. It's like, listen, if somebody cares about all this work, then, then I care. Um, then the athletes are going to care. Um, I, have, I have freshmen coming in here who uh, want to work, who want to go pro. Uh, and they're putting the time off the court to do that. And, and that's cool because, you know, some of these guys are coming in and they're in the prime of their life. And they don't, they don't think they need this. Until, you know, a couple years after, you know, playing over in Germany in the top division, I'm not going to name names or anything, but, you know, they come back to campus and they're coming, Jordan, my body, my knees. And I'm like, come on, man, we got to get you going again. So it's just one of those things where they might not see the benefits now because they are so young and so fresh. But, you know, you, you see the other side of it, the, the chronic wear and tear of the sport. And, and you know, um, you know it's coming. You know the ratchet effect is coming. So to educate them on that early and have them buy in and have a coach buy in on that is is awesome. Yeah, you're right. I hear about that from our ex-athletes not long after they leave. Uh, Molly Turner, the pro beach volleyball player, she talks about how much she misses being able to go in there and get that. So kudos to to you and your staff. And so we'll put in a word for, you know, what, a cryo chamber next? Is that all you, all you need to get to that next level? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to go that far through the pandemic. But um, we'll just we'll just keep on grinding, and I'll keep on uh, taking those uh, positive comments from from all athletes and all departments. Um, that's great. Great to hear. All right. Well, thanks for sharing your expertise with everybody, uh, and we uh, look forward to when you can start treating people for some competition too, Jordy. Thanks for joining the Lopes Insider Podcast. Let's do it. Let's start lining up those games. The Call of the Week, presented by Copper State Credit Union, committed to you. The Lopes men's volleyball team hosted a tough homestand this past spring, welcoming in both number eight UCLA and number six Pepperdine. GCU took care of business against the Bruins and looked for the weekend sweep days later against Pepperdine. Blocked once again by that Lopes defense out to Hugo Fisher. Once again, he sends that off the block and the game is over 25 to 17 gcu ends the streak now beating pepperdine and they are
are knocking teams down left and right, especially well-ranked teams as they took down Pepperdine, ranked at number six. With a 3-1 win over Pepperdine and the earlier win over UCLA, the Lopes jumped to number eight in the national rankings. That was the call of the week presented by Copper State Credit Union, committed to you. A native of Carlsbad, California, Christian Janke completed his second season on the men's volleyball team in 2020. Janke led GCU in kills as a freshman and was one kill off the team lead this past season. A two-time All-MPSF honoree, Janke has been a focal point in the program's rise up the national rankings. Christian joins Michael Potter on the Lopes Insider Podcast. Hey, Christian, thanks so much for being with us on uh, episode 13 of the Lopes Insider Podcast. No worries, Michael. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So, hey, real quick, you know, I mean, your 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 what sophomore season ended rather abruptly, but you guys were cruising four and two and number two in the conference. I mean, the only team ahead of you was the top team in the nation. Yeah, I know. It's crazy to think about it. Who who knows what actually would have happened if we were able to finish the season, but definitely excited about the progress we were making and hoping to get that chance to kind of carry that on next year. Yeah, I mean, it was it was early, right? How good were you guys? I mean, we were, I think we, the top of our like ranking, we ranked eighth in the country at one point, yeah. which is, I think, the best the program's ever seen. That alone, I think, speaks for the amount of work that my teammates and my coaches and everyone that's put in to being successful and kind of striving for that success. So we were definitely finding our groove at least a little bit towards the end, so... Christian, what was it that attracted you to GCU when you decided to uh, to come here and play volleyball? You know, I get that question a lot, and I feel like my answer is always kind of different. But <laughs> I think the one thing that kind of stays the same is just the atmosphere that I felt when I stepped on campus and just watching the practice and, like, my coaches and just the students around and the fans that were there to watch the games. It was just an atmosphere I wanted to be a part of, and I wanted to find a way to contribute to that. So. I think that was probably one of the biggest things. And the coaches for sure definitely were ones that I wanted to play for. Hey, Christian, we're all glad you chose to come to GCU and come to Phoenix. But (laughs) your hometown of Carlsbad, California, everybody in Phoenix goes to Carlsbad to get out of the heat. You came the other direction. What was it like growing up in Carlsbad? I mean, it's definitely a shift in, you know, weather coming from beachy, (laughs) you know, 75 degrees every day of my life. But it's I think I enjoyed the change and I kind of wanted the change from being in the same place my whole life. I think some people find it comfortable to be around home all the time. And I just kind of wanted to be on my own, change the scenery and just see what I could make on my own rather than in the same place my whole life. Well, what was it like growing up in Carlsbad? You know, we we here that aren't living by an ocean have a feeling, you know, we we probably think, oh, you stay a hand on the beach all day. You play beach volleyball and surf all day. What, what is it really like? <laughs> I, want, I wasn't a big surfer, but definitely if I went to the beach, especially more towards like my high school years, it was to play beach volleyball. And that was definitely a thing that I did in my free time. It, it's just, I think, a little more laid back than some places that I've been and that some more people realize that whole like surfer style, I don't think is as mm-hmm. drastic as people think it out to be. It's definitely, I love it here and the people are great. Weather's great. And I could see myself living here for a long time, but I definitely was okay changing it up a bit. So what what were you like growing up as a kid? Were you into all different kind of sports? Yeah, I think I played almost every sport that I could, you know, try. I played baseball growing up. That was probably the, f- no, I think soccer was the first sport I ever played. Played yeah. that until 
you know, end of middle school, something like that. Played baseball until like the end of middle school. Basketball my entire life up until I think my junior year of high school. Going into junior year, that was kind of the sport that I thought I was going to try to play, you know, at a higher level just to see where mm-hmm. I could go with that. But then freshman year of high school, volleyball coach convinced me to try out. I, I've known him for a while. So he was just like, come on, just try, see, what, see how it goes. And after that season, I just kind of fell in love with it and ended up sticking with that and quitting basketball and realized volleyball was the best option for me. What is it you think about volleyball that attracted you? Why'd you fall in love with it? I think just the team morale was kind of different. It wasn't, you need your teammates more than I feel like you need, you need them in other sports to a, to an extent, obviously, mm-hmm. but volleyball, I just feel like because you can't have anything happen to you unless your teammates are like on the same page, if you don't get set, you can't hit. Right. So it's, it's just that kind of aspect to it really drew me in and just someone scores every point. I like that. It's always fast paced. Every single play, there's obviously time in between serves and stuff, but when the ball's gone, it's, it's gone. Was your, was your family into volleyball or into sports? They have always been into sports for sure. They definitely like basketball when I was playing it, but, um, volleyball has not been a thing in my family ever. I think my older, my stepbrother played, he's a year older than me. He played the the year before I got to high school and they were into it, but I think I kind of showed how much I loved it and they just kind of drew them in. The fact that I loved it so much, they had to see what it was all about. Yeah, it's really growing, obviously, in popularity uh, in Arizona. Um, but a lot of folks have, have really never seen it. And they think of kind of the old school, you know, kind of bump set spike mentality. It is a fast-paced <laughs> exactly, game yeah. by the way you guys play it. It's a very fast-paced game, especially that transition from high school to college. It gets even faster. And I think if anyone were to play even after college, it gets even faster. So it it's definitely a lot quicker than people realize. Was that the biggest transition from high school to D1, the, just the speed of the game? I think so, yeah. I mean, when it all comes down to it, you know, the fundamentals of the game are the fundamentals, but it's just being able to kind of translate that into the faster gameplay and just the quicker tempos of everything. And it's just finding a way to adapt and just kind of make that your normal, that speed and that like power from everyone, the people on the other side of the net. So... Do do you still like uh, playing beach volleyball? I mean, do you do you have a favorite between beach or or indoor? Oh, definitely indoor. I wouldn't. I would never if I could have the opportunity to play beach in college. I don't even because that's not a thing, obviously, for men. Not as yet. Right. But if I had the opportunity to do both, I definitely would choose indoor. And I'd love beach, and I play it for fun all the time. But I think the style of game is so different, and I just find that indoor kind of suits me more than playing on the beach does. I think I know the answer to this, but I mean, more fun to get that's just that rocket kill shot or to uh, be part of a big block to, to win a point. I think that kind of depends on the situation in the game. If you're, you know, you really need a stop and the other team's kind of rolling, or if it's just neck and neck and the one point you need to kind of change the momentum, I think then blocking, getting a huge block would probably be more fun and more beneficial, but obviously if the game's just kind of, you know, back and forth, getting a really, you know, powerful kill is always going to be super fun. Yeah. Yeah. Talk a little bit about this. I mean, you, you've only been here, you know, a year and a half playing with GCU, but uh, you, we talked a little bit beginning of this about how, how well you guys were playing early in the season. Right. Right. But this team that uh, coach Worley has put together, I mean, this culture he's put together, I mean, are there any limits to how far you guys can go? I think the only limit is ourselves. And that's kind of what he preaches to us all the time. He thinks we are a national 
championship team and we have the tools to be there. And it's just about, you know, applying that in every practice we go to and every workout and just kind of how we're able to put in the effort to get there is what's going to stop us. If we're not able to put in the work and we don't, we aren't like trying to put in that work, then it's, it's not going to get there, but he definitely believes the team that he's created and the people that he's surrounded all of us with is the exact right recipe for a national championship. So that's always going to be the goal. You know, I've talked to Coach Worley a few times, called a few, a few of you guys matches and things. Some of the other coaches around the league, you know, that they, they have kind of the polo shirt look or sometimes even untucked yeah. a bit. Man, Coach Worley's always got a tight fashion sense going, doesn't he? <laughs> I think him and the other coaches try to, you know, make that a priority, it's, especially during some of the games, the big arena ones. He'll definitely try to look as good as he can. I think that he's always working out before games, trying to look big and all the shirts that he's wearing. <laughs> <laughs> his appearance is definitely important. I think he just, that's kind of, it's not just with him, but our whole team. He wants our whole team to just kind of look professional and kind of unified. So every time we're on a travel trip, we're all wearing the same clothes. We're all looking our best. So he feels if he's going to push us to be that way, he should do that too. It's all part of that leading from the front and setting that culture of excellence, huh? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So last question I got for you, Christian, because we could talk for for a long time and appreciate your time. But what <laughs> yeah, is it no like in those big those big matches when BYU's in town or USA, whoever, and you're in the arena with that and there's a good crowd in there? I, it, there's nothing like it that I've seen so far. And even small Antelope Gym, when that place is rocking, there's no there's no atmosphere like that that I've ever played in, <laughs> whether I'm away or at home. It's just People are all behind you. You know, your teammates are behind you. Your coaches are behind you. And it's just, it, it's crazy how much fun it is to be in that environment and to just kind of make everyone feel the, you know, the excitement with you. So there's nothing like it. Yeah. I've been there a couple of times. You're, you're right. The, the gym, it's about like going to blow the lid off that place. It's crazy. Yeah, it's how crazy loud when it gets that in place there. Is, exactly. It's really <laughs> loud. And some, the people that come and play find that gym to play or find that gym to be one of the hardest to play in just because it's so compact and there's so many people and you can't get away from the noise. So yeah, it's a great, it's a great home, uh, home court event. Hey, Christian, our time is up. Thank you so much for your time. Really sorry. Your season is I'm sure you guys are ended so quickly and, and the way you guys are playing, but man, we can't wait to see you guys back on the floor as soon as possible. I'm sure you're dying to get out there too. I appreciate that, Michael. Yeah, definitely excited to get back and hopefully continue the success we had last year. Thanks to Christian and Jordy for joining us. A lot of fun to hear those guys. Time to return to our trivia question. We ask you, where did the GCU men's volleyball team finish in the MPSF standings this season? Second place, GCU was off to a 4-2 and two start and finished only behind the nation's number one team, BYU, in the standings. Not too shabby, Paul. Pretty amazing. And in the MPSF, that means they're finishing ahead of teams like Pepperdine, UCLA, Stanford, USC. It's a loaded conference, one of the nation's top two in men's volleyball. So definitely an accomplishment for Coach Matt Worley's growing program. Man, it would have been fun to watch some of these uh, spring sports seasons play out with the way things were looking for the program, like uh, men's volleyball, beach volleyball, baseball, and more. But coming down the home stretch of this episode, before we say farewell, what is in the works on GCULopes.com? We've uh, continued the Meet the Newcomer series for basketball, staying with the women's side now. We've got to know a bit more about Chloe Akin Otiko who was a Kansas sprinter before transferring here as a grad transfer. And then we've uh, added highly touted freshman Katie Scott. She was the Gatorade Missouri Player of the Year and had uh, probably 
had plans to never leave Springfield growing up in that area. But uh, Molly Miller did her magic after knowing her since she was very young. And now the Lopes have a top recruit. Well, that'll be a wrap. Go enjoy some basketball or baseball or hockey or UFC Ultimate Fighting on TV. What a sight. Thanks for joining us for Lucky Number 13. We'll see you next time on the Lopes Insider Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Lopes Insider Podcast, presented by Commonwealth Insurance, the way insurance should be. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes on your favorite podcast listening platform and at gclopes.com slash podcast. Lopes up. Lopes up.